Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming up on In Flight Snack, it's over. The Jets season ended in Buffalo on Sunday as they lose 32-6, to a blowout loss where it fell apart on the sideline. The quarterback was benched. A lot of different moving parts here. Bilal and I kind of sorted through it, how this season is going to go the rest of the way, and if there's any positive they can come out of this, what the Jets can do moving forward to, I guess, save their season in a sense that it doesn't fall apart and get completely ugly, uh, even if that doesn't mean making the playoffs. Is there any benefit to that? What can happen the rest of the way? And we also broke down what went wrong in Buffalo on Sunday. All that and a whole lot more coming up next on In-Flight Snacks. Stay tuned. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. Bet Online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to the minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, Bet Online has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that is played. From MMA to international soccer, head to Bet Online today and remember to use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Third line ready. The snap clean. The placement down. The kick is up. And the kick hooks to the left, but it's gone! Inside the left upright for Zerline! And the Jets win it in overtime, and honestly, I'm not sure how! It's a toss for Powell, he's got the angle. He's got blockers! Powell working the sidelines! Powell goes all the way! Touchdown, Jets! Yo, it's Quinn Williams here, and you listen to In-Flight Snack on the Believe Podcast Network. Let's make sure we play like the New York Jets. Let's go to eat a damn snack. Welcome back to In-Flight Snack, a New York Jets podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. My name is Rami Lavi. That is Bilal Powell. And the Jets lose 32-6, to a blowout loss in Buffalo, the worst game of the season by far. And that's it. The season's over. It's a wrap. And I'm going to bring Bilal on in a second. I'm going to bring you in on this in a second. But I got to start here because there's one very clear reason why the season is over. And I'm, I don't blame Zach Wilson. A lot of people probably today are angry at Zach Wilson. I No, this isn't on Zach Wilson. Um, I'm sure he's a good kid. I'm sure he's trying hard out there. Yesterday, he looked like at times he didn't even want to be out there. And we'll get into that in a second. It was a tough day. And I feel bad for him more than anything else. There are times in life when you make a decision and it's a mistake. And it's okay because all of us make mistakes. We have it in our personal lives. We have it everywhere. And one of the things I talk about and I've tried to be very conscious of in my career when I talk about this on my podcast or on this show, and this might be the first time I'm talking about it on this show with you, Bilal, is when you make a mistake, how you recover from that, how you turn around from that. The worst thing you can possibly do is to compound the mistake by doubling down on it. If you come back from a mistake, you're great. You're golden. You correct it. That's the best ways you can be because we all fall and sometimes you just got to get back up. The Jets as an organization made a colossal mistake. They took a kid who was not an NFL quarterback with a number two overall pick in the draft. And this happens every year in the NFL that a bunch of kids were betting on these kids with incredible talent, which Zach Wilson has. No one's taking that away from him. He has incredible arm talent. What he can do with a football, very few people on earth can do. His athleticism, his running with the ball, all that stuff. He has all of it. Um, And then you put them in an environment where they become millionaires overnight, where they become celebrities overnight. There's a ton of pressure on them. And you can speak to this. I can't. And 
it's a tough environment to grow in. It's a tough environment to become a, a, a superstar athlete in. And you're in the toughest city, the toughest media market in the world. And it's a very difficult job. And he failed at it. And that's okay. Because it's a tough thing to do. And he can go right off into the sunset with his millions of dollars and then maybe write a book later on about his time in New York and why the organization failed him. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. Maybe it's the organization's fault. Maybe it's his fault. I personally, watching this kid now for three years, don't think he ever had a chance at being good because I just don't think it's between his ears to be an NFL quarterback. I think that's the toughest part of it. But the Jets organization where they failed and they failed Zach and they failed their fans and they failed all of us and they failed the coaches and the, the general manager and the other players on this team too is by instead of moving off of their mistake, instead of saying, okay, we made a mistake, let's move on, it's time to move on, like so many teams have done, whether it was Josh Rosen in Arizona, whether it was Trey Lance, who was, they traded up to get him in San Francisco, Mac Jones multiple times, like you brought up in New England, the Jets couldn't just admit, we made a mistake, we got it wrong. They said, no, everyone else in the world is wrong, we're right. And they doubled and tripled down on their mistake and they waited until the season was over, till they were down 29 to six with three minutes to go in the third quarter of a game where they were going to become four and six on the road in Buffalo against their division rival. They waited until that point to make a change. And because they waited so long, because they weren't willing to admit they were wrong earlier, it cost them their season. And the Jets threw another season out the window. And it's wrong because they owe the players, Quinn and Williams, who's fighting on that sideline. And we'll get into that a little bit later. They owe the wide receivers, Garrett Wilson. They owe the fans. I just renewed my season tickets. I put down the deposit. I know this is a long rant at the beginning. and I promise you, Bilal, you're going to get a chance to speak. But this is, I put down my season ticket deposit last week for next year on the hope. This is what they sell us on, on the hope that something will turn around in this organization. Whether it's Rodgers, whether it's whoever else they bring in, the Devontae Adams trade that we're talking about now that came out, the report came out the morning of the game that they're still very interested in trading for Devontae Adams this offseason. All these things that you're selling us on, you're lying to your fan base because you weren't willing to do something that's so basic as an organization and make a simple change, a simple admission of guilt, of saying, we got it wrong. It happens a lot. It happens to every team in sports. You get the pick wrong sometimes, and it's okay to admit you're wrong, but you weren't willing to do it for three years, and now you punted on another season. You stole a season from your fans, from your players, and quite frankly, you put Zach Wilson in a terrible position where he's getting, he's a meme now on social media, people laughing at him, and it's not fair to that kid either. It's not fair to him either because you put him in a position that he's ill-equipped and not capable to handle, and I blame the organization and it's from the top down. It starts with the owner and it goes all the way down the list. And that's how we got here. And that's why the season's over before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is later this week and the season ended on the Monday or the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And that's sad. That's pathetic. And they're going to hype up this Black Friday game. And nobody wants to go watch your football team play. Watch the season. The pr ticket prices on the secondary market. You couldn't get in for under 240 bucks before yesterday's Bills game started. Now the cheapest ticket is about 100 bucks. You can get in. It dropped $140 because of the loss yesterday. That means that before the game, fans had hope. Fans actually still believed in this team and believed this team could overcome. And you ruined it. You blew it again. And it's not Zach Wilson's fault. It's not the offensive coordinator's fault. It's the organization as a whole's fault. You messed up again. And it is the type of mistake that makes you think that there's no hope for the future. because. We build as fans, we build everything we have. We build it all on hope. We build it all on the hope that the future will be better, that something good can happen in the future. But if it's the organization making terrible organizational mistakes and doubling and tripling down on it and not being willing, being stubborn and not being willing to admit you were wrong, then how is there hope? How can the fans look at this organization and say, we have hope that this is going to get better Sorry for the rant, but that's how I'm feeling this morning. Bilal, good morning. How are you feeling after yesterday's game? Uh, not good at all. Not good. Honestly, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't even get past the, the first half. I didn't even get past the first half. I yeah. actually was down coaching in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and I didn't see the game live. I had to get it recorded. And my son had a basketball game, so when I came home, I watched the first half. And then when I get to the basketball game, I hear people talking about the game. So I'm always like, all right, I don't. 
Then they say the score, you know, people putting money. Hey, I'm betting against the Jets, man. They're not following me. I'm, you know, I'm up like a few thousand betting against the Jets. I say hey, it's not hard to do right now, honestly. And uh, oh, I'm know, an kinda idiot. The, it kind of ruined the fact that I wanted to go home and see if they were fighting back because they were they were still in the game at halftime. And a hundred percent. So I was thinking like, okay, I'll go back home and I'll finish the game. I'll watch the game. No. It started ugly. It started from, from you know, I've been talking about this guy, Xavier Gibson. Um, obviously, you know, you, you want to you want to applaud a guy that comes in undrafted, comes in, makes a team, works, works his tail off. But at some point in time, like you said, you have to move on from certain things. You know, there's there's evaluation periods within your season. And if you're not sitting at a certain point statistically during the season, then it's time to it's time to move the roster around. And I said that about Xavier because we only saw one explosive one explosive special team play. And he had had one or two uh, offensive plays. The return game is so vital, especially when you're talking about your quarterback being Zach Wilson. You need you need to have a you need to have an impact in the return game. And I just didn't see that from Xavier Gibson. Like I was with Andre Roberts, who was a pro bowler. Mm-hmm. And I watched what he did with the football in his hands on punt return and kick return. The way he got the ball, the way he set up his blocks, not only does it help him in returning, it helps his teammates. He it helps his teammates. He set up blocks for his teammates, which made blocks easier, and he attacked angles. The thing about the football is attacking numbers, angles, and grass. That's why you have motions. That's why you have shifts. That's why you try to you try to build certain formations with motions and shifts and all of these different things. And the way he ran the ball was setting up. He was a pro. You can just tell the difference, the level of, and maybe Xavier Gibson will become that guy one day. But as of right now, there should have been a change at return. That that is well, a there very, will be it, moving forward. Oh, I did announce that. Yep. No, yeah. I mean, you giving up the football. He's running into the back of his his his. his By the blockers. way, you could call a fair you could call a fair catch in the field of play this year. It's a new rule. But bring it out. You know I, I, I was okay. It was a short kick. I, I mean, take it out. We want short kicks. But the way he's running is he's not setting it up. Like is, there's a difference in what he's doing. And the fumble on the first kickoff return just sums up the entire season for the New York Jets as a whole. And it's like the late Tony Sperano told me, he said, fellas, we have to stop the bleeding. Someone has to stop the bleeding. We can't continue to make this game get uglier and uglier and uglier. And sometimes I feel like the New York Jets, they dig themselves in a hole and they just never could get out of it. It yeah. just get uglier, and it gets uglier, and it gets uglier. And we talk about now, Sauce Gardner getting out of character. It's just like the sum of the fumble, and now Sauce Gardner, the suplex on digs, the frustration. Now you're starting to see it. Now you, you know you talked about the, the 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 tweet. Now you're starting to see it, man. And and that was that's something that I was afraid of. Yeah, let me and now that he's he's responding to fans, all right, and he's responding to fans in a subtweet, it's already too late. It's already too late. So you know, you look at how this game went from the jump. It was it was it was disaster. It was a disaster, and I hate to see it. I won't even talk about Zach because they did exactly what I've been telling them, what you've been telling them to do all year. Is put him on the bench. But they now did it three games too, too late. late. It's too late. So you hate to see that for a defense who worked their tails off all year and arguably probably one of the best defenses in a franchise history. You hate to see it dwindle away. And then you hang your hat on Aaron Rodgers going down and moving moving to a guy you look to replace in the first place instead of going to get help. So now you're sitting here with a backup that you don't trust with his backup, a third string sitting there. Like, there's no real, there was never a good quarterback that could help the New York Jets win once Aaron Rodgers went down. And I was confused about that. And I was trying to, I was trying to stay on the, the Zach Wilson train. 
to hope that one day he would just turn that corner. He never did. And I had to speak my truth. And now the, now the truth comes to the, you know, it's to the light now. And unfortunately, the season I think is over. I don't think they bounce back from that. You, you benched your you benched your starter. You don't have. I mean, who who are you going to get now? Now is to me the best one on the team right now is Trevor Simeon. Who I agree. Should get a shot. Yeah, but we'll talk about that. It's it's unfortunate, man, that you that you, the season's all already over. I mean, to me, it's over. And I didn't want to get to this point, right? I mean, I told you we had everything to where we were controlling the situation where now, no matter how you play it out, you still have to worry about so many different scenarios. And you have to you have to worry about this team beating that team and this team getting knocked out where you had it right in the palm of your hands. Just last week, a week or two ago, two weeks ago, you had it in the palm of your hands. I don't know. I'm, I'm you know, you talk about your rant. It's it's just self inflicted wounds. It's just undisciplined. Um, I'm watching the defense. Like that running back Cook is. He didn't get touched until yeah. he was at the second level, and then oh, opposite. Brees Hall's running for his life. This guy's in the backfield. I don't know, man. It's it was just all bad, man. And and. With the offense playing that bad, not giving help to the defense, of course they're going to break. At some point in time, they're going to break. At some point in time, the defense is going to need to lean on the offense. That's what a team is about. And right now, the offense cannot help the defense. Yeah. And now we're giving up turnovers. You already know how that goes. We we won't even put up a fight if we don't win the turnover battle. So yeah. let alone give away four turnovers. You see the outcome of that. So here we are again. I don't want to talk talk about Zach Wilson. So go ahead, Rami. Yeah, I, I, look, I think me? I think this is perfect because you can speak to this from a player's perspective. I can speak to this as a fan of the organization for a long time and someone who invests money in the organization. Um, and so what we try and do on the show, and I, I think this is good that we're talking about this, I don't think we try and be overly uh, professional or anything like that. We try and be honest. We try to just watch it and look at it and evaluate it. And if I were you and I wasn't watching the game live, I probably wouldn't have, I probably would have skimmed through the second half too, just to see if there's anything of note, but you know, you have me texting you. If anything of note happened in the second half, I wouldn't have lasted the second half. if I wasn't watching it live. And just to go back, I know we talked about it before we started recording with the tweet that sauce uh, tweeted out 30 minutes after the game ended. He wrote, Y'all must not know defense if y'all think I'm just allowing an 81-yard TD on that play. Yes, I could have still made a play, dot, dot, dot. We got to be better. So he adds that we got to be better at the end of it as if that helps. Like, stay offline, like, after a game like that. But, but to me, to me, to me, when I hear that, when I hear that as a player, you guys don't understand football. Yeah, I could have made a play. That to me, is saying, well, the defensive coordinator didn't put us in the best position to be successful. That's yeah. him pointing fingers. fingers. And you know what I'm saying? That's, hey, I, I tried to make a play. I was out of place. So to me, that's just that's saying, hey, I was out of place. Yeah, I could have made the play, but if you understood defense, that wasn't my responsibility. So yeah. that's blaming somebody, whether it's a teammate or the play call. Yeah, there's a lack of accountability all around the room. And I, and I think we've talked about this. Is It starts from the first play of the game. Some There are Jets teams, if you're a Jet fan or you've played in it, we've seen this a thousand times where you could tell what kind of day it's going to be from jump. You could tell from, kind of your guy's game in Buffalo all those years ago in 2015 felt like that. Where from jump, it was like, uh-oh, you know, this game is not going to go good for us. And that's what yesterday felt like. And I didn't want to be right. I predicted that the Jets would lose 34 to three. It was 32 to six. Like it was, and you talk about betting on the Jets. I actually, I'm an idiot. I'm a real idiot because I bet an alternate spread for the Bills to win by at least two touchdowns, minus 13 and a half. The line was mm. seven. It moved to eight and a half. I bet the minus 13 and a half, but I parlayed it with a Josh Allen over 25 yards rushing because I thought he was going to run all over them. And then he ran for 15 yards and the second half, the game was over, so he stopped running. So I'm an idiot because I parlayed it. I would have won money, but I parlayed it. So don't 
don't bet parlays, people. Just just take your free money on the Jets losing. But and by the way, I don't even know if I'm. We'll, we'll talk about this later in the week. I don't even know if I'm going to bet them this week because. Like, I think Miami stinks, too. They almost lost to freaking Aiden O'Connell. Like, it was a 13-point, like, it was, what, 20 to 13? It was a seven-point game. Like, that game was pathetic, too. We'll talk about that as the week goes on. But I, I digress. It felt like the game was over from start from the start. and But the defense held them. They held them to a field goal. And then another. And then another. At some point, the defense was going to break. And the defense broke. Coming out of the half, that's when it felt like. Those first two drives, it felt like the defense broke. And that's a lack of accountability and that starts with the head coach losing the room. Whether it was Garrett Wilson was angry on the sideline, yelling after he's wide open and Zach can't see him. And then I thought Quinn Williams yelling at everyone on the sideline. I actually loved it because he was like, guys, we still have to do our job. The offense is going out there and doing nothing. This is in the second half, so I'm not sure if you saw this, but he's yelling at, he's walking up and down the sideline, yelling at everyone. And then the rest of the game, the, the defense actually was great. Now, I know it's garbage time at that point, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. But the last quarter and a half, the Bills were basically three and out on every drive. And credit Jeff Ulbrich also, because they fought that fourth quarter. They came back and fought. Those first two drives of the second half, the defense looked like they gave up. And I don't blame them. I really don't. I predicted this. Again, I don't want to be right. I would rather be wrong in the Jets win, but I predicted this before the game, that the defense would fall apart and start pointing fingers and all that stuff. But Quinnen... And, and Ulbrich pulled them together and was like, guys, no matter what's going on on the other side, we still need to do our thing. And so, like, this is where I ask you. You've been on teams that have had high expectations. You've been on teams that had no expectations. You've been on teams that started the season really poorly and you knew already by November 15th or whatever date it is today that the season was over and you're not going to the playoffs. But some of those teams rise above it and they manage to stay afloat the rest of the week, the rest of the year. Some of those teams fall apart. Your rookie year, you were a team that had high expectations and you've plummeted down the stretch. How, whereas your last year, it kind of bookends your career, you guys start off so poorly and then you kind of rose above it and ended the season seven and nine. So how does this team, this is the next step for this team. We think the season's over as far as playoffs for sure, but how bad does it get? Can these players save their jobs? Can Robert Sala save his job? Can Joe Douglas save this job by this team banding together and actually playing for each other and playing for their pride the rest of the way? Or is this going to be a team, especially because the second year in a row that the exact same thing happened, is this going to be a team that just totally crumbles and falls apart? Last year, they lost six in a row to end the year. Is this a team that wins one or two more games the rest of the way, or is this a team that can pull it together? Well, honestly, when you have Quinn and Williams yelling on the sideline and, and you're saying, hey, we still have to do our job, I'll tell you this, it creates division in the locker room, offense, defense. Oh, for sure. We're doing, yeah, we're doing our job, but and, and it makes it uncomfortable. The conversations in, in, in the mm-hmm. locker room, in the cafeteria, at lunch, like... There's 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 probably no finger pointing, but I'm 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 sure there's side conversations because we're doing our job. They're not that that causes division. You know, it, it's been uncomfortable for two years now, right? Yeah. So I understand I understand the leadership that they they you know that Quinnen is trying to create, but that creates so much division, and you hate to see. Man, it's 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 really hard to talk about, man. Because I and I, and I'm just talking from a player's perspective. That's like there's here. so much there's so much that goes into it man it's one now it becomes pride yeah. because you 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 you're slowly seeing the playoffs slip away every week and you still have to go and do your job it's about to get cold and them knowing saying that hey we're doing our job they're already going in, understanding they don't even have a shot. Yep. They don't even have a shot. And, you know, I, I know you said that everybody else has to pick up their play because of the quarterback situation. But that's pressure. That sometimes has got, it has guys out there doing too much. And then it's just all this chaos. Blown coverages, guys out of their responsibility. Guys just trying to do too much. Then you have jobs on the line. Well, guys, I talked about now guys are interviewing. 
because someone could possibly be on the hot seat. The OC, the head man, the GM, coordinate. Someone is on the hot seat. Someone seat. I'll tell you right now. Right now. I'll tell you right now. If 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 Salah's gone next year, Jeff Ulbrich's gonna go find a head coaching job somewhere else, or. If mm-hmm. not head coaching, but a, a coordinator, what he's done this year in the last two years with this team and this defense and showing the like Jeff Ulbrich has been, we started the season talking about him and praising him. Mm-hmm. And now we're praising him to the point where it's like, we're going to lose him because he's great and this organization doesn't deserve him. Oh, he's done. Like, he's done. Yeah. like it, this is this is a great interview for him and what he's doing over here with this organization, uh, with, with the offensive situation. Um, what players have to understand too, man, with, with players and GMs, coordinators, all that comes packages of players. So, you know, now guys are sitting here looking like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to be here. I don't, I'm going to be honest, Rami. There's probably guys saying, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be here. And that's what goes on in the locker room. I don't want to be here, dude. I'm out. And you see a good defense break up. You see, you see guys who, you know, two years in a row, top five defense. And you hate to see that broken up without a chance at the playoffs. Not, not even, we're not even talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about the playoffs. And there's so much turnaround in the National Football League that if the head man, I'm talking about the boss man, the owner, he can come swipe out everybody. Yeah. Personnel, scouting, everybody. I've seen I've seen such a turnaround. Well, I'm in the same building, but it seems like there's just so many new faces around you. And then you figure out how can you keep all these pieces together? Some of these pieces need to go. Let's be honest, man. Like there's misery going on right now in New York. And I, 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 I've been there. Yep. It's, it's, there's a lot of misery going on it's, and it's going to be divided. Down the middle, offense, defense, offense, defense. I'm telling you right now. Can I can I ask you this? Um, I do think the owner has a lot to do with the quarterback decision, and we've kind of alluded to it on this show, and it's been talked about other places. And I I think it's clearly not Robert Sala's decision, right? He's clearly not the one making the decision based on the things he said on on the K show. Um, and it felt like he's falling on the sword for the owner. The thing is, you could fall on the sword for the owner and then still lose your job because of it. Like the owner could be mandating you, he's the owner, to start this kid. And then still, you could end up losing your job mm-hmm. because you weren't good enough with this kid who's not an NFL quarterback. So I feel bad for Robert Sala from that perspective. Um, he hasn't made a decision for the uh, as far as the quarterback on, on Friday, although I don't think it's going... I, I don't know if it's going to be Zach. I don't think it's going to be Zach. But he hasn't made the decision. Um, Boyle wasn't much better in the second half. Like, he was fine. He looked more competent than Zach. And he did a great job of actually um, praising Zach after the game. You see why he's a great locker room guy, why he's there. It certainly wasn't much worse than Zach. And I think Trevor Simeon would be better. And Zach Wilson, I feel bad for him again. He's not learning. Like, after the game... The media says to Zach Wilson, the media says, you had you had zero completions to a wide receiver today. And he goes, no, I think we had one to Allen. As if that makes a difference that you had one. Oh, so that makes you look much better, Zach. You had one. And by the way, you didn't have one because it was negated because of a penalty. So like, but why are you being combative? Like, I feel bad for Zach because he feels the need to defend himself because he's out on an island. It sucks. Like, it sucks for him. I feel bad for him. So th- those were just some points I wanted to, you know, point out. But, as far as the head coach, because that's, I think, where this can really fall on him. I want to go to 2013. Your third year in the league, right? Rex Ryan, mm-hmm. you guys are losing. You guys are having a tough season. You're already out of the playoffs. And you know the team decides we're going to fight for Rex Ryan. If we win a couple games here down the stretch and we knock the, the Dolphins out of the playoffs in week 17, right? The last game of the year, Rex has a chance to keep his job. And you guys fight for Rex. That's the game you threw the touchdown in. That's the game you shoved you shoved Gino into the end zone in. Um, and then you guys win the game, and Woody comes down and announces in the locker room after the game, we're keeping Rex, right? Um, I'm getting that right, right? That happened in 2013? Yeah. Yeah. All right. And ultimately, he gets fired after the next year in 2014 when you guys lose. But 
do you think there's a sense of this team? Okay, let's go battle. Like, was there a sense in the locker room? Let's battle. We love this head coach. Let's go battle for him. And do you think there's a sense now with this team that they want to go out there and battle for Robert Sala? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you, man, like I told you, it's, he's a player's coach and coaches come with packages. You build those relationships with guys, man. And honestly, the way they finish the season is going to dictate his future here. Honestly, it is. Yep. But like at, at, at what point, and I told I told a, a fan this, I said, but at what point are we going to raise our expectations as fans? At, at what point? Like why, why do we always got to say, oh, they finished, they, they ran off with six wins. It's going to build momentum for next year. Man, if you're not tired of hearing that, you, you have to be tired of hearing that. It's my father's but, birthday today. Shout out to him. Yeah, it's, happy he birthday. could tell you 50 years of this, of watching this and <laughs> seeing this. Sucks. And it's you're right. It I couldn't imagine. I'm only I only been a fan for four years, Rami. <laughs> exactly. So I can only like, imagine what 50 feel like. He he got to the he gets to the point where he's laughing about it, where it's comical to him, you know, because it's just like, hey man, I, I don't know what to tell you. Like, this is you come to expect it. You say, should the Jets fans raise their expectations? The organization has set the standard. We, mm-hmm. we can't raise our expectations. But I don't think firing a good offensive coordinator, and a, or not a good offensive coordinator, but a good head coach and a good GM is the right answer. You, at some point, you need stability. And I think keeping these guys around and saying, all right, let's give you a real chance with a real quarterback, which they haven't had yet, is the right move. But if it's the right move, I don't trust this Jets organization to make it. They always somehow make the wrong move. I don't know. Um, I do want to take a quick break uh, because after the break, I have a suggestion for you mm-hmm. that I think can help the locker room, can help Robert Sala, can help bring back everyone together. We saw it's falling apart, and I want to give you a bunch of stats from how bad, just how bad this offense was uh, yesterday on Sunday in Buffalo. So we're going to take a quick break. I'll give you some of those stats, and then I'm going to ask you this question. And it might be an interesting question. You might think I'm wrong for asking it, but I want to hear your opinion, what you think if this can help save the Jets' season, or if not, save their season and save their jobs, at least save their jobs, at least save Robert Sala and Woody Johnson, and or not Woody, he's the owner, but uh, save Robert Sala and Joe Douglas's jobs. Um, so we'll come back with that after a quick break, all right? Sure. All right, coming back, here's some uh, stats I'll lay out for you from this Jets game. Just how bad this offense was historically bad. The wide receivers as a whole had 11 targets in this game, only three catches. All of them were from uh, uh, Tim Boyle, none of them from Zach Wilson, for 16 total yards. Jets wide receivers had 16 total yards on Sunday. Brandon Eccles, their corner, had 18 yards, more than all the wide receivers combined on that one play, uh, that one pass by Thomas Morstead, the punter. The Jets had have had one drive, one touchdown drive of one player or more since October 1st. That's going back a month and a half now that they've had only one drive, only one touchdown drive that was more than one play, and that was this game against Buffalo. They've had one touchdown in their last 13 quarters. They've had one touchdown in their last 43 possessions. And that today or yesterday, they had only 106 total yards of offense, and they had only 10 first downs. So that's how bad this team was uh they were 0 for 11 total on third down yesterday uh which is makes them 22 percent on the year they lost the that's turnover the, it battle. has to be like dead last yeah it is dead last it has to be that's horrible yep their turnovers they lost the turnover battle four to one and it's not even four to one because the one that josh allen had was a hail mary at the end of the first half um their time of possession they lost 37 to 23. And on the one touchdown drive they had, their two biggest plays of the drive where they gained the most yards were Thomas Morstead throwing it for 18 yards and a 15 yard roughing the passer call that they got that gave them 15 yards. So 33 yards of offense on that touchdown drive came from a penalty and a special teams play. Ironically, there were four for five. They had been four for four on fourth down until the last interception on fourth down by Boyle, where at least he didn't take a sack, right? Zach Wilson would have taken a sack on fourth down. So that brings me to this. The offense is broken and they've fallen apart. And you see why Tim Boyle's such a good locker room guy. And 
you see why Zach Wilson's not look like again, I don't blame him, but it was symbolic when he ran onto the field and he fell. I don't know if you saw this. It's all over social media. He was running onto the field and he trips over his own legs. (laughs) And Tracy Wolfson said he got up and he was laughing at the sideline. Like, haha, he's able to laugh about himself. And then he immediately threw an interception, like the next play, his next pass attempt, um, which was a terrible play. Like that Garrett wasn't even close to open. And then when Robert Sala tackled him on the sideline also later in the game, when Sala literally took him down, he was trying to protect him, but it was like a funny image that was going around on social media. So what I have for you is this. I think the Jets are lost, and I think a part of it is how broken the locker room can get. And I think there's a real... There's something here where they're tiptoeing around each other and there's an uncomfortableness in the locker room. And you know this kid's not the answer. And I don't think any other team in the league would pick him up. Do you cut him? Do you just cut Zach Wilson? Is that the best decision for the Jets right now? For him, it's good for the kid. Maybe he gets an opportunity on a practice squad somewhere else. Maybe someone... Like, it's not good for his mental health to go through this over and over again. I feel bad for him. This team feels like they're walking on eggshells. So two years already. Last year, they're wearing Mike F and white t-shirts after one game. So clearly this team isn't in love with Zach Wilson, right? As teammates, like there's something there and maybe it'll just lift a cloud and maybe people will just feel more relaxed and energized if he's just not there and he's not around anymore. And there's someone else I'll, we'll talk about in a second who wasn't around this week. But do you think that ha- that can help in any way? Just like, okay, we're, we're not cutting you because we don't like you. We just want you to, we're let, setting you free, Zach Wilson. Yeah. I, I think you do it after the season. You know what I mean? You let you let him finish the season. Okay. And, 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 and then I think you just let him be on his way. Hopefully he get a, a opportunity. He's going to get an opportunity. Somebody's going to pick him up. He's going to get some guy's going to be arrogant and be like, "Oh, he's got so much arm talent. Yeah. I can, I can fix him." Yeah, absolutely. And he's going to, he's going to get another opportunity. Um, but you know, it's going to be hard to fix Zach Wilson. And and, and here's and here's the reason why, Rami. And this is what I talk about when you mention one of thirty-two quarterbacks, Josh Allen. When you watch Josh Allen, I saw Josh Allen eyes go left, go middle, go right. And he had that shot clock in his head to where he knew that pass rush was coming. Maneuvered through the pass rush lanes, eyes downfield, seeing the defender now coming to stop the run and dishing the ball. That is a starting quarterback. I seen. You're saying an NFL quarterback. That's an NFL quarterback. I seen the New York Jets bring a blitz, all out blitz. Josh Wish, Josh, I mean, Josh Allen did not complete the pass, but his receiver was in the area. And get this, it's more than just getting the ball over there. Josh Allen put the ball where only his guy can get it. If it was not for him, it was out of bounds. He understood it was man-to-man. He put this ball to where my guy's going to get it or I'm throwing it out of bounds. That's the quarterback. This guy making audibles and putting guys in the right situation. And then you flip that. I I don't even have to talk about Zach Wilson. All these Zach believers who were coming at me, that is what a quarterback looks like. That's what I've been trying to tell you guys that Zach Wilson doesn't have. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have that, like you said, that leadership. I guarantee you when people talk, when he's talking in the huddle, when he's getting guys rowdy, no one's listening to Zach Wilson. They're, 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 They're not. Because they they had Mike White shirts last year. They've been lost respect of, from Zach Wilson. The team silently almost moved on from him by going to get Aaron Rodgers, like you said. Not so silently. I mean, pretty yeah, publicly. And paid him a lot of money. And, and you have and, Quinn and Williams on, on Hard Knocks going, thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Shout out for coming to help us. Like, everyone was pretty open about everybody, this is yeah. Rodgers' team. But that, that lets you know the respect that they have for Zach. Or lack thereof. And everybody already knew when he was under center. And the players already knew. No matter I, I felt like their energy has been fake all year. This this fake hype once Aaron Rodgers went down to just this this <laughs> hype. It's it's just this fake hype that they had the 
almost pumped themselves up because they knew they couldn't get down in the dump because it is a long season. So they just had this fake hype of, yeah, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. And they slowly started to see. And now it's starting to get so divided in the locker room that honestly, the New York Jets after this season should move on from Zach Wilson and allow him to go on to another place and get an opportunity. Uh, I've seen it. I've been around. I don't know how many quarterbacks I've had. I don't know how many came. Uh, I'm talking about early picks. I'm talking about, you know, guys who were big time in other organizations that came. I was like, you know, they just, you just don't work here. Maybe you get another opportunity. Give him that opportunity to go play somewhere else. Don't bring him back for that that frustration. I know he's frustrated. I know he's like uncomfortable. Come on, man. Like you look in his face. Guys laughing at himself, tripping over, and then throw an interception. Like, I already know how these fans are. I mean, you see them, they're starting to get the sauce. You know yeah, what I mean? So the- it's just like, come on, man. Like, let him go. Let it be. He's he's not Josh Allen showed you guys what and he's talking about a guy that went against the number one defense. And he ain't go against a slouch defense. Like that was it. That was a starting quarterback that you saw. And z- and Josh came into the game facing all the criticism in the world, mm-hmm. basically, about how th- th- this is a guy who's turning it over too much. And he understood the assignment. He came in, he had that clock in his head, and he had a point to prove, like, I'm going to do this. And that's why I say, like, this is not even on Zach, because the whole organization should have seen, if you and I can see it, the organization should have seen. They've seen it, like you said, a thousand times. They've seen it. Here are some of the quarterbacks you played with. Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, Geno Smith, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh McCown, Joe, did you play with Flacco at all? No, I didn't. Tim Tebow, Bryce Petty, Michael Vick, uh, Matt Sims, Luke Falk. You've played with all these guys, right? <laughs> David Fales, Greg McElroy, uh, uh, McElroy, who's actually great on the uh, college game day broadcast, I'm pretty sure. Trevor Simeon, you played that one game with. That's like 10 guys that you played with. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, the point is, they've seen this so many times. The organization should have recognized that this kid just isn't it. This kid can't be here. And you talk about guys trying to make up for it. They feel like they have to do something. Connor Rogers brought up a great point on the Jets post game on SNY. I sent you this clip. Connor Rogers basically said, like, CJ Mosley, there was one point where he could have made a tackle like four yards short of a first down when they ended up going for it on fourth down, the Bills, and scoring the touchdown on the fourth and one. Before that, they had third and sh- they had third and eight. And CJ could have tackled him like four yards short of the first down. And it would have been fourth and four. And they probably punt or kick it or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact situation on the field. But CJ's trying to punch the ball instead of tackling. And you don't even blame CJ because he knows if I don't get a turnover here, it doesn't matter because Zach can't drive the field. So this is what we talk about. Everyone's playing worse because they're trying to make up for the... Trying to do too much. (laughs) A guy like Xavier Gibson is like, I need to take it out because I need to get a return. Starting at the 25 is not good enough for Zach Wilson. I need to get a big return. Otherwise, we're screwed. (laughs) Like, everyone on this team is trying to make up for Zach. And like you said with Josh Allen, like that's where a a leader just comes together and is like, all right, everyone settle down. We got this. Um, A leader of the team who's not there and wasn't there on Sunday is Aaron Rodgers. And... Somebody asked this question, and I and I don't even know the answer to this. Would they have benched Zach Wilson if Rodgers was there, or do they? Would they be looking over their shoulder like, "Does he want this? Are we sure?" Like, he kind of likes Zach. He's taking a liking to him. Like, he wasn't there. I was happy he wasn't there. Like, I think some distance actually helped. But is he now holding something over this team? Now, is there a certain cloud coming from Rodgers being around? I don't know. I mean. And I hate that I hate him. Like, I I mean, listen, I've never been around a quarterback of that caliber to where, like I said, that has that say so, or I don't know what his relationship is like with whoever is in the building. Um, I don't know how they connected. I don't know, you know, the conversations that they had. You know, obviously, they went out to meet him. He didn't come out here. So that oh, should yeah. say enough, right? Um, but yeah, and Woody Johnson wearing his stupid like uh, <laughs> chain and like going out to the field and quote tweeting Aaron Rodgers. It's so funny. I have these Woody truthers now in my mentions <laughs> because you know I've been tweeting about what a bad organization they've been since you know for as long as Woody's owned the organization, they've been awful, and I don't think that's disputable. Um, 
and at the end of the day, the, when when an organization sinks, it sinks from the head down and starts with the owner. And I have these people in my mentions like tweeting me like, "Oh no, you're an idiot. You don't know anything." Like, why would anyone defend that guy? Like, what has he ever done for you? Um, so we talked about there being like Twitter bots and like and like fake accounts. I guess Woody has his own fake accounts, but I wouldn't trust it to be Woody because I've seen him tweet from his regular Woody Johnson account and it's not pretty. So he's not very good at tweeting. So I wouldn't trust him that he'd be able to successfully have a, a fake account that he's tweeting from. So uh, I, I don't think it's him, but anyway. It could be on. your biggest fan. You never know. Yeah, never, exactly. Some never, people, never if never you're know. listening to every word of mine and then tweeting at me, defending Woody Johnson, like I appreciate you. Thank you. Now, talking about Woody Johnson, I know obviously we, we talk about, you know, at, at what point as a coach do you say, okay, I'm on the hot seat? At what point do you say, okay, I have to go against the grain? Like at what point, you know. Right. Do you fight if, back? If, like, if, it's, if it's true, if it's true that it's out of his control to bench Zach Wilson, like why, why all of a sudden? Right. So that's what I'm saying. You know, I think so. I think at some it, point it's like, it's like, hey, if I'm, I'm not going to go down because – if it falls apart, he Salah's going to get fired. Even if Woody's the one telling him to start Zach Wilson, he's going to get fired anyway. So I think mm-hmm. the point is where like he's like, hey, if you're going to fire me for starting him, at least let me try and not start him because you're going to fire me either way. Right? So at least mm-hmm. let me defy you and try and see if that wakes something up. I think he waited too late. I think he waited three weeks too late. Um, by the way, like it's so funny. 11 weeks. I kind of miss Aaron Rodgers, like Aaron Rodgers standing on the sideline and throwing pregame and, and the camera cutting to him a thousand times. Cause at least it distracted us from the jets play on the field a little bit. Like the jets are so bad on the field that cutting to Aaron Rodgers on the sideline was actually more entertaining. So I kind of miss that. I kind of miss those, those updates. I guess we'll get to see him on uh, uh, tomorrow on Pat McAfee. Robert Sala did not speak to the media yet. I was keeping my eye out for that. So, um, we don't have a decision probably by the time I post this episode, we will have a decision. Uh, but they play again Friday. We get a short week. Aren't you excited? Oh my goodness! And then you know, I, I'll be honest too, man. When 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 coaches, I've been there. When coaches feel like they're in the hot seat, they they dumb down the game plan. Oh, for sure. Just they dumb just it down. They lose. like so what? Just you know, just so what? You know, um, just don't get embarrassed. Yeah, I mean some. Coaches that go as far as that, you know what I mean? So that's all I'll tell you this. I'll tell you one thing, and I won't tell you which coach, and I won't tell you, I won't tell you which head coach, and I won't tell you which coordinator. I'll get it out of you. Um, but I remember when the head coach came and said, Hey man, we need to run the ball, run the football. Why why we in the team meeting, we had lost. He was like, Why are we why are we throwing the ball so much on on our uh Game openers, like you, you know, as an offense, you, you game plan. Right, like the first fifteen plays. Are first scripted. fifteen yeah. plays is like, hey, we're gonna try to surprise them with this, do this, and see how they plan. Kind of, kind of fill them out, see how they plan certain formations, and you know, see if we can catch them. And um, I remember saying, man, we got so many pass passing plays in our first. We need to run the football, and I kid you not. And, and this is how I know it, it's all about chemistry and relationship. I kid you not. This man put eight. Run plays in a row. Eight, eight run plays. Just being, I'm like, it's not about that, right? It, it's about the relationship of your offensive coordinator with your head man and all the assistants. If you don't have that relationship, if you don't have that relationship, it all goes to shackles, man. Like, and then it goes down to the players where now your coach is venting to you about another coach. I've been a part of a coaching staff where the the running back coach, the receiver coach, the tight end coach, they weren't even in the game plan meetings. They didn't even know what was going on. So it's almost like being, do you want to be a fly on the wall and just see how like the interaction is in the building? Like, so it's just like so many things that like it's just so many factors that can go into where the Jets sit today and with their record with the yep. with the, the the best opportunity when you're talking about defense. So they still had a good opportunity to when Aaron Rodgers went down. They had every opportunity to go get a good quarterback that could help them win. They didn't. All right. So the the, the season was not over. 
you know what I mean? Like it, it might have been over a couple of weeks, but you still had time to like, okay, get a guy in here, help us win. They didn't do it. So now it's almost like, what's going on? Like, is the OC just game planning by itself? I'm, yeah. I'm dead serious. This happens. Rami, I'm being honest with you. You know, it's, and it's, again, it's about to get ugly. You've been in the rooms. I haven't. So that's what we're going to talk about the rest of the season. Like you're going to kind of from afar and based on your experience, you're going to kind of help us understand what's going on. And that's what we'll talk about on these episodes. Um, and we'll bring on some guests and we'll still have some fun because I think ultimately like today's a, you know, a Monday after a loss and it's tough, but we can't do this every week where we're just yelling and screaming and angry. I think we're going to have fun on this podcast and whether they're winning or losing, it's going to be a fun podcast and we're going to do a good job of it. I can't wait for Rogers on Tuesday on McAfee to go R E L A X telling all Jets fans to relax when he's not even there. That's going to be a real fun one. Uh, but we'll have guests. We'll talk about your career. We'll talk about different stuff and we'll try and figure out what's going on in that room and what's going on going moving forward for the Jets. Um, and, and that's kind of how I see this going. Um, do you have anything else for us today? Oh, yeah. So again, it, it's it's going to be fun. Like it, we're going to have a good time, whether the jets are good or bad. And it looks like it's going to be mostly bad, but hopefully it doesn't get out of hand. And that's what we'll be looking out for the rest of the way. Um, so keep, and I just want to let everybody know, like I, I'm all for the jets, man. I'm a big fan, but it's, it's frustrating Same here. I love the jets. I yeah, love man, the like, jets. I, like I'm for it. Like I'm not wearing, wearing my team hoodies around like, you know, but I mean, I, I support them, man. Like, Still got some some old teammates there. Know a lot of people in the building. Like, yep, I support them. I want to see them win, bro. Like, I, Grant Boyer know. was their best uh, asset yesterday, right? That that special teams, they <laughs> yeah, fake punt. <laughs> He's a guru, man. So you know, you even with him, like he always has a good return game. So just to see yep. it like not exist this year is like you know kind of frustrating, though. You yep. know what I mean? So I don't know. We'll see. It is. It's all frustrating. I. That's that's the word. Um. But we're going to still be here. We'll talk to your former teammates and we'll talk mm -hmm. to some other media people and, it's, and we're going to have a good time. And there's another game coming up on Friday. So we'll talk about that later this week. So until next time, please, everyone, subscribe, keep listening, share the podcast. And uh, if you're a big fan of Bilal's, which every single person sees the podcast, like, oh my God, Bilal's the best. And I know you went on another show on Friday and we'll have them on this show where they're like, oh my God, you're a fan favorite. And so that's, that's still cool. And we'll, we'll get to talk about all that stuff and your relationship with the fans. And we'll have a good time still. Uh, and maybe we'll go catch a game together and we'll go tailgate with some fans and whatever stuff like that. We'll, yeah, we'll do a lot of fun stuff. Out. Yeah, for sure. We'll do a lot of fun stuff as the season goes on. Unfortunately, we don't think the season is heading in any positive direction. But hey, there's always next year and Aaron Rodgers will be back and we'll do the whole thing all over again from the beginning. So uh, that, that's all I got. Um, until next time, like, subscribe, share it with a friend, and uh, we appreciate you for listening. Yes, sir. Let's go to eat a damn snack. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.